With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. everybody uh welcome welcome to the latest episode of on to the next one this is not the voice of mike heck uh, who usually intros the show and kind of guides the ship here guys the uh the you the ss ought no 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 this is uh i mean the usual host uh or at least co-host of my best friend uh, mike heck uh this is alexander k lee and i'm joined by one of my other cherished friends the esteemed jed mishu there's been a mutiny on the ship of the Ottoman, oh. because Mike Heck has been steering us wrong, faithful listeners. <laughs> He's been going to really normal and obvious waters, and nobody wants smooth sailing. We want the chaos hammer. We want the rocky reefs of of excitement and and ingenuity, and that's what the that is what we're here for now. I'm taking over, Mike. You can have this back when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. That kind of unearned confidence is exactly what we need on the show i i always say uh yes uh mike is getting some much needed time off we all know how hard he works i myself i'm just coming back from a, a, a personal trip i had to take uh family related everything's fine and for anyone who's uh who missed me this week everything's fine uh just you know family stuff and uh, uh happy to be back and and working and recording uh and uh you know handling this somewhat special edition of Otno because we we have rarely had uh any other guests besides myself and mike uh steve morocco once did a great job filling in as well but uh, we have jet here today uh the card itself that we're here to discuss ufc vegas 51 which went down saturday not you know might not go down as one of the most memorable cards of the year uh but it was might a- not <laughs> It was a card, as we say. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording this. Uh, normally, we record the show on a, a Sunday. We are recording this Saturday night. Jed is fresh off of the uh, UFC Vegas 51 slash Bellator 277 post-fight show. So, guys, make sure you listen to that as well. But uh, we, we are, of course, we want to get Jed some of your 
So your thoughts on this card? Sounds like you're a little less than enthusiastic about it based on that little comment there. Uh, what, what, what was your sort of rating or your take on, on what we saw on Saturday night as, as a whole? This was the worst card of the year, and I, okay. I don't think it's close. <laughs> like, this was – we talk about it all the time on other programs, especially on, like, B, BTL and stuff. Me and Mike uh, will talk about, you know, what a card looks like on paper. And Dana White is obviously the biggest proponent of – well, you know, you'd wait till the fights happen because we say sometimes these fight cards don't look that strong. And it's always the, the ones that awful. it's always the ones they don't talk about yet. It's always, it's the always ones they don't the talk ones, about. except oh, for sorry. this one because we weren't talking about this one, and it did not deliver gangbusters that that we're going to be speaking about for ages. Uh, in fact, realistically, the reasons we would be talking about this card for any period of time after this week are all negative. <laughs> I was going to ask a uh, big big. Biggest storyline, because normally I, I would say, oh, Bilal Muhammad avenging a five and a half uh, year old loss to Vicente Luque, strong performance, you know, keeping himself right in that contender circle. Would you say that that was most memorable? Or I, I know like you said there's, there was a lot of negatives that popped up. What's your takeaway? What are we talking about for the rest of this week here? Look, it, it should be Bilal Muhammad because he put on a great performance against a guy who had already knocked him out. And, you know, he is going to find himself in the top five of the welterweight division, one of the marquee divisions in the sport and one of the best divisions in the sport. That should be the big thing, but it's not. And that's, there's a lot of reasons for that. Some of it is because for better or worse, Bilal Muhammad doesn't, doesn't inspire that much excitement from people that win, even as good a performance as it was, is not going to, people aren't going to be writing songs about Bilal Muhammad for, for, tackling Vicente Luque five times. Uh, and so instead, if we talk about this card, we're going to be talking about just the absolute anarchy that happened in it. Two technical decisions. One of them, 1,000% should have been a DQ instead of a technical decision. The other one, opinions are going to much more strongly differ, especially because the legality of the strike in question is is very much in question. But that on top of a host of just other ridiculous things happening inside the cage, uh, we're going to get to uh, some post-fight comments that were shockingly oh, awful. Oh, dear. Uh, at some point in the future. And then we had a point deducted in a fight that ultimately was stopped. So it was okay. But like the story to me is largely just that the rules do not apply in Las Vegas. Uh, there are no <laughs> rules because the referees spottingly enforce them if they enforce them at all. And especially if you got somebody like, you know, Dan Margliata, he's just going to not feel like a thing was bad. And so it's going to be fine. Even if you objectively do an illegal thing that causes the end of a fight. Listen, uh, history was made in a way. Uh, this is the first time uh, some uh, uh, shout outs to uh, Scott Fantana. And uh, who else was that told me it was you UFC one fifty nine. The last time that uh, I believe it was Jay, Jay Pitchy from uh, from Sherdog, uh, the last time that there were two uh, Jay Petri, yes, uh, that last time that there were two uh, technical decisions on one card. So hey, listen, that's some pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the second one, as you said, uh, we'll talk about it more in a moment. Because uh, we, we could talk about it again. I'm sure you guys. I know you guys talked about it post my show. I'm sure we could talk about it again for an entire episode of of on to the next one. But let's get to the matchmaking here. Bilal Muhammad was victorious in the main event. Huge win. 
We'll, we'll bump up a little bit in the MMA fighting global rankings, the only rankings in the sport that matter. Uh, but Jed, as you are our guest, what's next for him? I, I'll mention that afterwards he caught, he, he said uh, he really wants Colby Covington just does not like the guy. Obviously I think a win over Covington would get him a title shot. Uh, but you know, not everyone would agree that sh- that should be the next fight. Jed, what direction did you go in for remember the name? So here's my question about this show. Having never been on it, and mm-hmm. now I'm probably going to be your co-pilot for the foreseeable future since sure. we upended Mike Heck's tyrannical <laughs> reign atop this this promotion. Uh, am I? Is this just what I would do if I had carte blanche? Oh, we can go either. So so, and you can alternate. So there's no solid rule between for, from okay. from fight to fight. You can say it's either your magic wand pick, where if you were the matchmaker, you could literally make any fight you want within reason. Hopefully, someone in the UFC, someone also someone who's alive. Uh, but otherwise, yes, of those the current roster, those are preferable of the current roster. Who would you pick? Uh, or if you want to try to get like fancy with it, like what you think, Oh, this is like, I'm predicting this will happen. Either one, either one. Okay. For this one, because I, I'm, I'm sorry to say this. I don't care about what happens to Bob <laughs> in the future. I think he's a very, very good fighter who is never going to win a belt and probably won't challenge for one. So I'm going to predict what will happen next. And I think it's it it makes the most sense to be Gilbert Burns. There's the storyline tied in of Burns being a coach and training partner of Luke Burns at that fight, yelling at Luke during that fight. Uh, it'll have to wait a little bit because I think Burns should take some time off after that fight of the year contender with Hamza the other week. But uh, Burns doesn't really have any. Burns is going to have to fight backwards, you know, coming even even with his stock being as high as it is off off the Hamzat fight. There's not another fight that really makes sense for him, especially with the UFC targeting Hamzat Colby, however that shakes out. And so, you know, had Bilal come out and talk that that smoke, that greasiness for Hamzat, maybe he could have generated some interest there and swooped in, but he he went another way. And so I, I think ultimately it's going to be Burns. Uh, and, you know, so that's also a good fight for, for Bilal and a good fight for the division. Jed, you're a man of the people, as we all know. Uh, that was a very popular pick after uh, Hamzat's win over, over Gilbert. A lot of people said Gilbert versus Bilal Muhammad, win or lose versus Vicente Luque uh, for, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Love cheating. Uh, I, so, so, I, do, so do the Las Vegas MMA gods. Yes. Cheating and, is highly encouraged in Las and, Vegas. And as we kind of debated in a recent uh, roundtable, uh, more fighters should also embrace cheating. And as we saw today, two and zero oh with a, with alleged all the alleged time, cheats. Three and zero, oh, three and zero oh because homie with the point deduction also then won the fight like two minutes later. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna so Mike, uh, his listen, his presence is still felt here, and he tweeted um, as as Muhammad was uh, before you know the decision. I think as it was being read or before it was even read that uh, Muhammad he was like please he tweeted please please do not try and call out Kamaru Usman do not try and call out Colby Covington he just doesn't think Muhammad <laughs> is going to get those fights I'm kind of more of like that it doesn't hurt to call people out because you know you, you, fortune favors the bold you never know what'll happen we've certainly seen stranger call outs result in uh, fights actually happening but I, I do see where he's coming from so he wanted Muhammad to campaign for the Shamaya fight it's a fight that Muhammad has mentioned wanting before so I think Mike thinks uh, that he should just he should just um Stay, stay the course, stay the course and be the guy to derail the Shamaya of hype. And after, after, of course, you know, going the distance with Gilbert Burns, a lot of people are thinking, you know, he's not quite as invincible as he used to be. Uh, maybe someone like Muhammad is the guy uh, who has the, has the gas tank and has the skill set to defuse the Shamaya. I'm not sure I agree, but I just, I did want to uh, 
I, I didn't, like I said, you said, uh, I'm not super invested in the Muhammad storyline at the moment. I think he's a great fighter. I just don't know if he factors into the title picture in a relevant way right now. So I'm, I'm just going to speak for Mike here and say, if I could wave my magic wand, it would be Shemaev versus, uh, versus Muhammad though. Uh, Jed, I've been, I've been of the, we don't want to go into a whole Shemaev chat here because we could go on forever, but I've been of the, you know, the mind that I want to see Usman call him out and make that fight happen sooner rather than later. Especially after that Burns performance, where if you're Usman, you're like, man, I really, really think I can beat this guy now. Um, he's not in his prime yet. Uh, do you agree with that? Would you want to see Usman and Shemaev happen? Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the fight I've I've been kind of thinking we were going to get. I thought he was going to get it over Edwards, and then the way the fight with Burns happened, it makes sense that Edwards gets the next one up. It's the fight I am in the welterweight division. Usman Shemaev is the fight I'm by far the most interested in. I think they are the two best welterweights in the world right now. I have had them one and two in my personal rankings for all year, uh, basically, maybe even dating back to last year. I, I don't remember exactly when that happened for me, but um, it, it's certainly the fight I want the most. If I could wave the magic wand, that's the fight I'd be making happen sometime later this year. But, you know, we'll see. It, we'll get it eventually. Just I'd love to get it now. I, I'd be, that's how, I mean, that's how I approach it. I mean, general is I want it now. Don't make, why am I waiting? Always why want, are we being made to wait? Give it to me. I don't want my vegetables. Dessert first. <laughs> Dessert always. Uh, let's talk about the, I almost said co-main event. Okay, this is the, listen. It's not. Listen, thank this you. This is your you speech know. about co-main You know, you know. Stuff. I'm not going to go on this whole rant. Respectfully. No, I agree with you right <laughs> yeah. now. I don't usually, but in this specific <laughs> instance, right? I absolutely agree. Respectfully to Kyle Baraglio and. An ultimate fight. Godzi, Omar Godziev. This is the penultimate fight on the card. Second last fight. It's not a co-main event. There's no title implications. Neither guy is ranked. Both men were making their UFC debuts and not guys like from other promotions, like other major promotions who like held titles for another promotion or something making their UFC debut. This is two, two very talented contender series guys who uh, certainly I'm not against them being on the main card. I mean, the whole point of contender series, we're supposed to be exposed to new talents, but I think, Again, slotting in there and, and insisting it's a co-main event was a bit much. Uh, the second last fight in the guard, Carl Baraglio. And as we mentioned, uh, Baraglio looked great in the fight, was well on his way to winning, but uh, you know, kind of didn't have to fight another minute because he landed a pretty clear illegal knee and, uh, and uh, was, the, was the recipient of the second technical uh, decision win of the night. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Baraglio, uh, Jed, before uh, Kim asked your pick for this uh, this? possible middleweight future middleweight contender i don't want to dive into <laughs> the nonsense of dqs and how they should work other than to say Baraglio was is the better fighter and 100 percent should have been disqualified yes he threw an objectively illegal strike which had a point deducted for it and led to the end of the bout which should absolutely just result in a DQ, but you know, Tan Dan was was feeling like, oh, it's you know, it's not that bad or whatever. I can't speak for the man, um, but he made some choices, and that went to a, a technical decision, which he obviously won despite the point deduction. It, it, it's so, so weird because the deduction, all it did was change the final score. It literally had no effect and, on. Yeah, and ended the bout earlier because yeah. you know he got to cheat and then win. <laughs> It's very strange. It's very dumb that what we do you, don't punish cheating. And I'm I know that some people would be very mad. And my response to you is 
this is the only sport that doesn't punish cheating. <laughs> like it's just at least not properly. At least not like, like it's just it's so the benefits of doing it so clearly outweigh the potential penalty, if any, if there is yeah. any penalty. And it's all just very it's all very interpretive, which is super weird. That like, well, I don't know. Dan thought that that wasn't intentional, so sure. He thought it he he thought that it threaded the window of not being intentional but being damaging enough to warrant a point deduction when realistically is it damaging enough like it it ended the fight but also that fight was stopping anyway it's just a very stupid thing that we have that 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 those rules are open to interpretation when instead it's hey he he threw a strike that was illegal and that's it cuz you know who didn't do anything wrong in that fight there's one guy, and it's only a two-person fight. And Godziev, he he didn't cheat. No, and yet is punished because he didn't cheat. So that's a great thing to reinforce. Whatever we're spending what, too much. What time. is next? Yes. What is next for world. what is next for this man who uh, right now is want to know with a technical decision in the UFC? Yeah, uh, I mean, you can go a lot of places because. I will say we'll be saying well, that a lot. I feel like for the next oh for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say this, Baralia looked great. He did. Um, and uh, our own Guillermo Cruz told me earlier this week that his previous nickname, Carl de Combi, I think is what it was, loosely translates to face like a VW van, which is just my new favorite nickname in the history of fight sport. Um, so I, I, there's a lot to like about Baralia here. And I thought he looked really, really good uh, to but because he's still so new, like you can't, you can't rush him. I, I just went for uh, Anthony Hernandez. You know, he's coming off that win over Josh Fremd last weekend. Um, and that seems like a pretty requisite step up here to kind Damn. of see what Baralio's got and go from there. That's pretty tough. That's a pretty stiff matchup, I think. Uh, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Cause Hernandez is only looked really good. I want to, I want to see did look fight good. somebody that's like real yeah, but also I can't give him somebody in the top twenty. Yeah, I'm seeing there's there's definitely uh, was a reason why there was hype behind Braulio. I didn't pick him, of course, because I'm an idiot. Um, and you know, look, I saw him facing like a Russian wrestler guy. I'm like Russian wrestler guy. It's got to be another yeah. this, another another Habib. It's just a whole lineup of Habibs, you know. So I very very casual pick on my part. And uh, yeah, no, Kyle Braulio looked great. Uh, yeah, I went, but hey, listen, I I, I want to see. Him, I, I have see another him. one, and I hope you picked it. Well, I want to see him fight another Russian. I want to see him fight. Uh, what's this guy's nickname? The the Black Wolf, Aliashkab Kizriev, uh, okay. who was victorious last month, mm-hmm. less than a month ago, I should say now. Um, and uh, you know, some people have the mentality, and I do sometimes as well, of oh, I, well, let's keep kind of up and coming prospects away from each other. In this case, I just want to smash them together. I say just smash them together. Let's 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 uh, let's fast track like a contender here. Let's let's. There's other guys in middleweight coming up. Let's keep clock smash these guys together until one of them is like three and oh or four and oh in the UFC and boom you have yourself a contender so I know people don't like that I know people want to build up multiple contenders at once and I still feel like you can because I don't believe a loss is a death sentence to a prospect's chances of coming up uh, so yeah for me it doesn't matter to me who wins I think both guys are super talented it's just a matchup I'd like to see both guys with the contender series um, who had to deal with kind of their 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 debuts getting delayed so uh, no more wasting time Throw them in there together. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah. I just I just want to see how you feel about it. Because this one, look, listeners, when I said I'm bringing the, the chaos hammer, this is it. Because if I had the magic wand, this is the fight I'm making. My magic wand fight, 
is none other than Michelle Bahia. Because I know that Michelle Bahia is a welterweight, but mm. Michelle Bahia is a light heavyweight masquerade as a welterweight. Clearly. The man is enormous. And I want to see both of them just throw jumping knees and get into all sorts of shenanigans because that fight would make zero sense but be unbelievably fun. I'm amazed that if you're gonna go break out the pull the Demolador card, that you didn't suggest him for this next man, Andre Fialo. Because you who says I didn't. <laughs> and that's not illegal. I mean, listen, we've never had a rule here. I mean, it's kind of unwritten <laughs> rule. Uh, I, so I'll throw my Fialo pick first. I, I'm again, I just want to throw this man in bangers. Uh, I think he's been so well. Oh, oh well, he already they already fought, didn't they? That's I mean, that's where I, that's where they, it went wrong, they did. with it, didn't I? They, they just they, they fact, literally they literally they just, fought. just beat him. But yeah, yeah, I guess that's why. I mean, he couldn't go that way. As I always say, more Michelle Bahia, more better. Sure, he just fight to run that one back. That was a great fight. Uh, yeah, sorry guys, I, I had a uh, you know not no brain. Fire. I broke one of our auto golden rules, which was to not recognize someone had a rematch. But look, listen, we're flying a bit fancy free this time. Mike's usually the one who handles chaos all this, hammer, baby. Yeah, chaos hammer. Uh, anyway, obviously that's not where I went with Fialho because when I was. Making my picks, I did remember they'd already fought as opposed to just now. Uh, I keep those guys bangers. Danny Roberts and Francisco Trinaldo are fighting next mm. month. UFC 274, May 7th. I say take the winner of that. Throw him in the Fialo. Roberts, probably a, a more favorable style matchup, but Trinaldo would be a fun fight as well. So I'll go with that. Listen, Fiala was miscast as a, you know, PFL contender. Uh, trying to, th- you know, it'd be great. I'm sure he wanted to go for that million dollars. What he's meant to do is be a UFC fight of the night, knockout of the night, like bonus collector. That's, that's, that. this is, I feel like his future. I don't know how long it's going to last. His style is pretty, pretty uh, smash mouth. Uh, but I think he's going to have some good times for as long as the news. I hope he gets at least 10, 12 fights or however many he needs and it gets a bunch of bonuses and then retires a happy man. Uh, and I think matching up with one of these guys could lead to uh, another bonus for, for somebody, if not, if not him. So See, that's right. I, I think him. you and I are on the same page. What are you thinking? Max Griffin, baby. Just, yeah. Just Chuck hammers, man. Yep. I just get two boys in there, just swinging them things. <laughs> that's, I was, that was like the first thing I thought I watched. I was like, I would very much like to see Max Griffin fight this man. That would be very enjoyable. Yeah, this is one of those guys who, look, if he happens to string together three or four wins someday, then we'll start talking about, oh, how does he climb the rankings? And who, who can we give him the top 15? But right now, who gives an S about that? All right, we, we just fight Neil Magny and he gets attacked with a bunch and it's not exciting. But exactly. instead, you could just have him throwing them thangs, baby. Let's go. <laughs> and fight Neil Magny when Neil Magny's going for win number, uh, whatever, 38 in the welterweight division, 500. Yeah. Uh, as we said, a lot of this card was people making their debuts or changing divisions or fighting in weight class. Shout out to William Knight and, and Devin Clark fighting at heavyweight for some reason. Uh, and we had that with Myra Maeda Bueno Silva as well, who sounds like she's sticking around at 135. Uh, she got this win over a uh, scrappy Wu Yanan. They got themselves a nice, uh, nice extra chunk of change with a fight of the night bonus. But, uh, it seems like a silly question because uh, you know phantomite it's a little it's a little thin is she a contender jed and if so uh what's the next fight for her to get her uh moving up those phantomweight rankings i mean she's a bantamweight so i guess by definition she's a contender because that division is thin on the ground baby but this was i think this was the hardest one for me um because she's moving into bantamweight and there just aren't like a ton of options and especially not options that like, you know, God love them. They, they won fight of the night, a solid scrap, but I don't, you know, she lost convincingly to Menon Fioro, 
who is obviously an extremely good flyweight, but that doesn't give me, doesn't make me think, oh yeah, MBS is going to, going to wreck house up, up a division. It's just like, all right, is what it is. I I settled on Jessica Rose Clark. I know oh. uh, JRC is coming off, off that loss to Stephanie Egger. Um, I, this was honestly the, the most difficult one of these to pick. Uh, and I was just trying to find somebody, you know, outside of the top 15, 20, uh, but has it as some experience. If we're being honest, this is mostly a let's get JRC a win. Like let's let's get Jesse Jess back on the winning winning track here. So I do like how how uh easily you whipped out those initials uh gotcha. for MBS, JRC. It's hard to say. Uh, they're those names where I could just yeah. say three letters and that's what no, and it, we've done. We do like JDS, RDA. Yeah. It's almost, it's a little bit like in, in uh, other sports, specifically at basketball where you're like, Oh, Jason Rick. Oh, T-Mac, Jason yeah. Richardson, J Rich. It's like, we kind of gave up on nicknames there for a while. <laughs> and, so, and so for well, some of these, T-Mac's a great name though. T-Mac is a great name. That's like one of the first ones when it was like really cool. Yeah. And then everyone started just like, Oh, let's just do that with all everybody. D, D Wade. And it's like, okay, you can, but like, can we not do a better job with these nicknames? T-Mac is a classic. Um, but yeah, it's funny. I never realized with with uh, three, I guess we have more, I guess it's more of a common thing in MMA too, uh, athletes who go by the, triple the by triple names for whatever reason. So anyway, that was that was slick, Chad. That was slick. Uh, I just said uh, Carol Hosa, probably That's a little, fine. yeah, but a bit higher ranked than than both of them, than both uh, Jessica Rose Clark and yeah. Maya Bueno Silva, but uh, fine, no. could be a fun matchup. Uh, Carol, Carol Hosa, I want to see where she is after taking that loss. Um, I want to, if she can put on a convincing performance against MBS, then Hey, Kelhosa, you're right back in there fighting for that top 10 spot, you know, getting closer to a title shot. So fun matchup there. Now, one of the most dominant performances of the night, which I feel like we're not going to, people aren't going to be talking about a lot afterwards. Cause again, there was so much controversy tonight and Bala Muhammad was so impressed in the main event. Uh, Pat Sabatini, Pat Sabatini making short work of a uh, Canadian guy, TJ Laramie. Uh, Sabatini, a great grappler, a great wrestler, probably needs a signature finish to really get on Dana White and the matchmakers like Radar is fine as far as wanting to like push him up through the rankings. But he's 4-0 now at Featherweight. That's not easy. I mean, Featherweight's a super tough division. 4-0 at Featherweight uh, in the UFC's loaded 145-pound division. Uh, but this is another decision win for him. I saw, uh, based on a lot of the DMs I got, and uh, as what I saw on social media, it seems to be an obvious pick here. I don't know if you're going in that same direction, Jed. I have no idea what the obvious oh, okay. pick is. I'm sure I'm not. So I, I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, I, you know, I, I think if you wanted to give uh, to give Sabatini like the full rub and get him get him a guy who's a fringe contender, like fringe top fifteen, I. That still feels early to me, but I'm not opposed to it. But instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna basically go one step down. Give me give me Hakeem Dewadu, like uh, you Another know, Dewadu is just like right outside. He has that loss to Mov, uh, to Mavsar that kind of set him back from making into a ranking, and so he's building back up. And I think that'd be a really fun fight. Make him the uh, the the Canadian killer. I was, all, I was about to say also like he's coming. He just fought a a guy from the Great White North. Just keep that energy going. Let's wow. build. Let's build him I, a brand. I don't know. I feel attacked a little bit. Tristan Connolly also his UC debut. Uh, so that'd be Tristan Connolly, it'd be Laramie, and they'd be Beast Dawadu. I don't know if I like. It's I feel, not as good as the Gracie killer, but it that you can build on that. I feel you a little attacked here. Being a Canadian killer. I feel a little attacked here. I'll be honest, but it's not a bad. <laughs> it's not a bad gimmick to have. 
Uh, so the name that I saw a lot was uh, Ryan Hall. Now yeah, I, I thought go ahead, about Jay. it. Go ahead. I just, I don't know, man. <laughs> what do you, what do you think? I mean, because we we'll wanted grappler versus grappler. Now I listen, I, uh, now Jed, I, I normally refrain from booking Ryan Hall against anyone on the show. Ryan Hall, as we know, the goat, one of the undefeated, undefeated, undefeated in MMA. And I do not like to book people against him because I do not like to hand out death sentences. That is not, you know me, I abhor violence in general. And I certainly don't like to like essentially put someone in the, against the firing squad by putting them in the cage with the animal that is Ryan Hall. However, because I so rarely, I so rarely mention his name as a, as a matchmaking option, I will do it here. I do, I do like it. I think rankings wise, it makes sense. It's funny. I'm looking at Sabatini right now. I actually have him ranked still really low just because he just need, he hasn't one missing kind of a signature win and two, um, you know, the level of competition at, at featherweight is so great and he hasn't faced anyone in like the top 30. So, so he's still behind like a lot of people, but that's, I could see him rising up really quickly. Ryan Hall, I have in my top 25. Uh, well, really, well, I have him in my top 25 because he's, he's number one, which is in the top 25. It so is. technically, yeah. So, um, this might be the win that uh, Sabatini needs to kind of get himself in there. Again, Grappler's Delight. If it's going to be the last fight of your career, you could do a lot worse than Ryan Hall. So I'll, I'll go with the, with the voice of the people and I'll stick with that. Yeah, I thought about it. I didn't see that from because obviously you're plugged into that more than I am. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't hate it. I am always feel I am less interested in watching Ryan Hall take on Grapplers than watching him submit strikers it's just so much funnier to me to watch him use his weird almost capoeira e kicking game just staying as far away as possible until he gets a tie up and then suddenly he's breaking a man's foot off like that is a much more interesting thing than watching him like oh this guy who's fun grappler is probably just going to sprawl and brawl listen <laughs> listen nothing will be funnier than the Gray Maynard fight, which is, and Gray Maynard's kind of in between, a strong grappler, but he kind of likes- It's amongst the funniest fights that ever happened. <laughs> he, he definitely fell in love with the striking later on and thought, okay, look, listen, Ryan Hall's not going to take me down. I'm definitely going to smoke this guy on the feet. And what happened was, again, one of the strangest, like a fight that was like straight yes. out of like UFC, the single digit UFC events, not a modern UFC event. For anyone who hasn't seen Ryan Hall versus uh, Gray Maynard, fight. definitely hit that one up on Fight Pass or ESPN Plus. I don't know what you guys use in the US, but- uh, just a just a bizarre be fight pass because it's so old. <laughs> just a bizarre, strange fight uh, that Ryan Hall won by unanimous decision, and rightfully so. But uh, Gray Maynard was was not happy with how that fight went. <laughs> Gray Maynard was confused the whole time. He was like a cobra with a snake charmer, just moving. Now we have one last main card fight before uh, we get to our wild card picks. Uh, we're, I didn't want to spend too much time with this one, Jed. Undeniably a great performance by uh, Munir Lazez, one of the uh, uh, most exciting strikers, I think, at 170 pounds. I'll just get my pick out right of the way. I said, uh, I'll get my pick out of the way right away. Excuse me, English. Uh, Jeremiah Wells, I think a great fight. But um, considering his post-fight comments where he referred to uh, uh, Daniel Kinahan, a notorious figure, uh, alleged criminal in Ireland, who is, uh, was all over the headlines this week uh, after the, the U.S. is apparently offering a $5 million reward uh, to disrupt him and his cartel. Uh, Lazez afterwards made a point to take the microphone during his post fight speech and, and thank Kinahan. Uh, he is part of uh, the, the MMA uh, management group that Kinahan is, runs. Didn't really back down in the post fight comments. Uh, he did an interview backstage. Anyway, Jed, uh, 
He, he's tied to Daniel Kinahan. It's bad. It's bad news. What, what was your? What did you have to say about him? And uh, who would you? Who or what would you match him up with? This sport is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> because like one, gotta respect him in the post fight, pretending as if he didn't know that Kinahan had a really bad week by being like, no, I just really wanted to shout him out because obviously. <laughs> Like just absolute lunacy. Um, honestly, when it happened, I had to go rewind and play. I was like, he didn't just do that, did he? Like, surely he didn't just shout out Daniel Kinahan the week Daniel Kinahan had a five million dollar bounty put on him by the U.S. government and ESPN and, and top top rank boxing. Like, yeah, we don't associate with or like what a power move was as unbelievable this sport sometimes. Uh, you know, if you're being real, uh, just rebook the Elizu Dos Santos fight. You know, that was what was supposed to happen for Lezez. You just run that back. But I think, uh, you know, maybe just just him, Lezez versus the American justice system, because he's he's standing hard for for this man who is like sanctioned aggressively by things. It's it's wild. And I will also say, last point on this. The funniest outcome, maybe, of the whole evening is sure, M- uh, MBS and uh, oh, um, Wu Yanan, one fight of the night, quote unquote, feels a lot like that should have gone to Lizez Lusa. But because of that post fight statement, they were just like, we're not going to give you. So not only did he cost himself 50 grand with that shout out, he also just cost his opponent 50 grand by out of nowhere, shouting out a notorious mob boss. See, I, I disagree. They should have given him the bonus and then uh, found a way to track where that money, the accounts to where that money goes to. I feel, <laughs> I feel but I think you're right. I think Dude, I, there's I, no way that they were just naturally going to give fight of the night to MBS. You, you, you know the law very well. And it does feel like shouting out your and making a clear, clear connection to a crime boss who's who's now has a bounty in his head. It feels like a bad, the bad move, a bad business decision for yourself. And like legitimately, he's probably getting a knock on the door or at least a, a phone call tonight from the authorities. Like, hey, <laughs> looking for the whereabouts of this man who you are very fond of your close pal your close friend and uh what do you call him in the post fight um mentor or something like that something like that yeah uh yeah so we're trying to get in touch with him would you be able to connect us to your close friend and mentor here's oh, five million dollars for it, which we, is a healthy purse we have not heard the last of this let me tell you something this 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 what should have been a throwaway post fight speech for the main card opener uh that's that's the story of the night is, sure. is arguably the story that beyond Bilal Muhammad's win, beyond the technical the two technical decisions uh this clearly strong association with the alleged uh crime lord uh okay uh I, well I want to give you the last word Jen I don't want to keep you for too much longer and I still, so I still want to give you the last word. That would have been a great note to go out on. But we do do a wild card segment here and on to the next one where we pick any fighter we want, a winner from the prelims, a loser from any portion of the card. Um, so I'll, I do want to give you the last word. I'll just go first. It's kind of a boring pick anyway. Boring pick, but a great fight. Jakar Close coming back for the first time in two years. Uh, the UFC, from a, myst- a mystery uh, uh, injury. What happened? The UFC. Why I don't know. UFC, UFC never years. mentioned it. I just think it just wasn't around. We don't, we don't, I don't recall. weird. I don't recall anything happening. 
Jeremy Stevens isn't under contract anymore, so I don't know. Why do you mention him? Like, why do you even mention Jeremy Stevens? What do you have to do with? I don't recall. Did he have something with some interaction with Jacquard Close that may have led to an injury and Jacquard Close not fighting for two years? I don't recall that exactly, but. Uh, yes. Anyway, uh, all facetious aside, it was great to see your car close back after the horrible, horrible uh, injury that was caused by such a stupid incident with Jeremy Stevens um, uh, and, and get a victory and a $50,000 bonus, six and two now in the UFC. Too. The last time he lost was to, I mean, Benil Darius, and there was no shame in that. And he was, that was a super competitive fight that uh, I think some people said, some people say he was on his way to winning um, before, before he got finished. So, uh, so this guy is right up there. I'm happy to throw him back into the contender circle. I'm giving him a guy who's personally in my UFC top 15, Brad Riddell. I think that's a great fight. I see a lot of people matching really up Brad. Very popular name on Otno. I Again, someone who I haven't used recently. Um, and maybe because I was saving him for just the right moment. Brad Riddell, Jacquard Close. Uh, I think that's the one to, to, again, kind of keep one of these guys in the mix. And uh, who knows, uh, possibly get that either them closer to a number one contenders fight and maybe even a, a title shot someday stranger things have happened but uh where are you going with this one jed well i think we both know where you're going oh yeah we know and i and i am not going to stop you that was i just want to say well done i think Thank the Brad Riddell fight also is way better than mark marco madsen what a yeah what, what was his beef was. with uh, what was his beef with Mar- marco madsen anyway just no idea Wants to no, take that out. He wants to take that out, right? Undefeated. Doesn't like Olympic silver medalist, <laughs> yeah, bronze medalist. Yeah. I don't know. Um, look, there's only the only reason I'm on the show, frankly, is is for this exact moment, and it's it's to right a wrong because AK a, a wrong a many wrongs transpired this week, and don't get me wrong, we talked about a lot of them, but the biggest one we haven't gotten there yet is. We talked earlier about the co-main event or the, the penultimate fight. Yes. And there was a co-main event available for this card. And they mm-hmm. chose not to do it because they did a very, very <laughs> dumb thing instead. Two very, very dumb things, I guess. And in the prelims, they put uh, one of the greatest living at combat sports athletes, Chris Barnett, was one on the prelims, which is categorically insane. That man is a star. He's not going to be a great fighter, but he is a star. And that's all that matters. He also shouldn't be at the apex anymore. He's, he's too good for the apex. He's way too good. Also, he needs as much space as possible. <laughs> uh, give that man all the room in the world. And they put him against Martin Boudet, who's like oh. decent, but whatever. <laughs> no one's here for that. Um, and big and can just do a bunch of things. It was terrible. And then it ended stupidly because of dumb technical decision stuff. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about what should have happened. And what should have happened, AK, is you put Huggy Bear Chris Barnett, the great one of the greatest living Americans, Spanish, uh, Spaniards, both. I'm not sure his citizenship, how that works, but you put him in the co-main and he should have been in against the exact physical opposite of him who also was competing and also lost tonight, William Knight. And that, the the visual optics alone are stellar. There's, if uh, somebody said it earlier tonight, if if that's not a fight that's happening, what are we even doing with our time? And our energy here, Joe Silva would have booked that instantaneously. And, you know, beef with Joe Silva, plenty of problems with Joe Silva, but you could never deny that man knew how to have a good time with, with the book. And you put Chris Barnett against William Knight and you put it in a co-main event and boy, how buddy I'm showing up. I'm, I'm there with bells on. And I'm, I will tell people before that fight card tune in because 
this is going to be incredible television for however long this fight lasts. And, and so that's it. That's my wild card all day. And for the record, uh, we, we talk about the contrast in their bodies. They're both stunning in their own way. I want oh. that to be clear. I want that to be clear. We are not. And Chris making... Barnett is a, is a, a handsome man. He's a beautiful, he's a beautiful man. I don't like to describe, uh, I think athletes in general, and I don't like to describe as beautiful. So it's, you know, we're, 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 we're respected members of the media here, Chad, you know, we try to, we try to be objective and not be objective and not objectify people at the same time. He's a beautiful man. Uh, And and so is William Knight, you know, God bless them both. Uh, He's just got, he's got that great energy and you just need more of that. Yeah. And you need to see him fight William Knight because how do you not, how, I just don't under. I feel like Sean Shelby when he like actually like he he made the fights and didn't think about it and then he got there and he saw like he fight week and was like, I I messed up, <laughs> I, I dropped the ball. Hand up, guys, hand up. I screwed this one up. We're gonna fix it the next time out. Now I know the fight to make. William Knight, Huggy Bear, let's go, baby. Yes, look, this is a business of second chances, and there's still time to do the right thing. And I think and I think we will. I think well. Both men look. Both men took tough losses, and both men are now. So both are in that that same uh, that same lose quote unquote loser circle. They're not really losers, but loser circle for lack of a better term. And uh, I I hope we see that fight happen before the end of the year. Shout out to William Knight, by the way. Yeah. Who who, you know biggest weight miss in history last time out, and that boy is loving the heavyweight lifestyle, coming in at two fifty something for this fight, just not having to cut to two hundred five. He is thriving in his new weight class and i couldn't be more excited for him god bless america happy easter everyone and and thank you jed for uh for joining me for this first part of the show we will get to the we will get to the listener picks in a moment guys you guys are about again there's no mic here so uh listeners you guys are about to take over the show but really uh please everyone give a give a hearty round of applause if you're you're listening wherever you are driving jogging however you listen to your podcast give a hearty round of applause for for jet machine love you guys and happy birthday okay had to do it. Had to do it. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy 
to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. All right, everybody. Welcome back for the second part of the show. Uh, this is the listener portion. Uh, as a, you guys are always highly anticipating. Wasn't that great, though, having Jed around? Now, unfortunately, our, our pal Jed Mashu had to run. Uh, and as I, as you, you know, as you know from the beginning of the show, Mike Heck on a well-deserved vacation. So it's just you and me, guys. Let's share this and treasure this intimate moment together. Uh, thankfully, as always, you guys are bringing the great suggestions on Twitter, on Instagram DMs, on email. Uh, so without further ado, let's start off with Twitter. Oh. Oh, what am I doing? So this is why Mike usually runs the show. Uh, I, I should read out our usual disclaimer, guys. Uh, you know, for any new listeners, of course, we do have rules here on the show. We do like to keep some sort of order. Uh, so let me see what my latest version is of the disclaimer. You know, again, rules rule, guys. I always say that. It's fun. It's great to match make and say all this crazy, all this crazy jazz. But we do like to have some sort of guidelines to follow, you know, just so you guys aren't making making these picks willy-nilly now we do have we do have no points you know the most treasured currency in all of mma probably in all of sports maybe the world you know sorry marshall rogan inu or whatever that of crypto is people are really saving up their no points for the apocalypse so and to put their kids through college or whatever reason people use points for so we like to have a categories rule. If you guys really want one of these precious no points for yourself if you somehow make a pick that no one else picks you get a point for yourself. Otherwise, you share a point, and that's great. Our listeners, you know, you guys are, are so brilliant with your picks. It's impossible. It's almost impossible for anyone to have one pick just to themselves. But if it happens, I will make note of it. You guys might have just made a mistake, too, uh, to try to avoid this wrong weight class. Maybe two people that fought already recently, and you don't seem to remember that. Someone's injured, released, fighter could already be booked. Please try to keep track of these things before sending me your picks. Today, I might let a few slide through, guys. I didn't have the time to uh, quite get the prep I, done that I usually do. So some of these mistakes might make it through, uh, but I'll be happy to be corrected, guys. Send, send me DMs if, uh, if I read out picks that just make no sense and uh, and we'll, we'll share in the mistake together. Uh, your, pick just might be, your pick might just be doo-doo and, and I don't want to read it. That's really the golden rule every week. All right. So uh, we'll go again. Like I said, guys, we're going pretty freestyle here. First, Christopher at Aguiar MMA on Twitter. Uh, first time, long time. I always like to read the newbies. So uh, five winners, one loser. They said here, how about Alateng Haile versus Javid Basharat? Great matchup. Jordan Levitt versus Matt Frivola. <laughs> Penny Kianzad versus pregnant Yana Kuniskaya. Now listen. Listen, Christopher. That one, of, one of last week's golden rules, I think it was last week, was stop matchmaking for Yana Kuniskaya. Uh, she's, she hasn't, I don't even think she's given birth yet. 
uh, whenever she decides to, whenever she, you know, does become, uh, does have a ch- her child, she might not be in a rush to get back right away. It could be well over a year till we see Yana Kun Sky fight again. Or not. Or maybe she will decide to, uh, you know, as soon as she's healthy enough and, and fit enough to do it, get back in the octagon. But let's try and avoid this. But Chris, it's your first time, so we'll allow it. Uh, Sabatini. <laughs> oh, I think he meant to cross it out. Penny. Uh, his other suggestion, I guess, was Penny Kianzad versus uh, Macy Chess. And, of course, a rematch of, of the Ultimate Fighter finale that uh, Macy Chess and won. That seems more likely. So we'll ignore the Yana pick for now. Sabatini versus Hakim Dawadu, as Jen Mishu suggested. Uh, Munir Lazez versus Court McGee. That'd be a good one. And uh, Vicente Luque versus Sean Brady. All right, Christopher, thank you for those. And uh, Jake Marshall sounds familiar, but I think this is his first time actually formally sending in picks. Maybe he's messaged me and Mike at the same time before. Uh, so Jake Marshall at J underscore Marsh 99 on Twitter. Uh, they just want to say, I think a William Knight, Chris Burnett matchup at heavyweight could be loads of fun. Uh, sorry for breaking the rules on this one. I'm not sure what rule you broke, Jake, but uh, as you heard from Jed, we're so, so down on a Chris Burnett, William Knight fight. So thank you for sending that in. Uh, what else have we got here? At Nutshot Ipoke uh, wants to see Sabatini Ryan Hall, of course, and uh, Buena Silva, Jesse Jet Again, another pick that Jed made. So they're, they're really, they're really, uh, he's really in tune with the people. I, I was serious about that. He, uh, Nutshot Ipoke also wants to see Luke Burns. Now, this has kind of come up in other episodes, and I, I, I'm not saying it's impossible, but they're very vocal about their friendship. It's pretty clear they really would not fight each other unless a UFC title was on the line. So anything short of that, I don't think you would ever see Luke and Burns step into the octagon. Um, we mentioned it before. Burns was in at the UFC Apex night, cheering Luke on, just shouting his lungs out, wanting to see his his uh, his pal get the win. So um, yeah, I don't think we see that fight anytime soon. But thank you at Nutshot Ipoke for the suggestions. Four Corner Sports NY always bring in the picks. What do we got here? Luke versus uh, Jorge Masvidal. He's called for this fight previously. I've been so 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 in support of it. I don't know if Masvidal has reached that point yet where he realizes that he should be. Uh, taking fights that aren't necessarily against like the most famous people. I think he just has to stay busy. He has a new contract with the UFC. I'm not sure how much. I'm not sure if it's because he's getting pay-per-view points that he doesn't he doesn't want to necessarily fight outside the top five, top six, or, or you know, marquee names. But Luke is such a fun matchup for him. I hope that fight can happen. Uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns. Kyle Baraglio versus Treshawn Gore. I think Kayo is pretty advanced for Treshawn at this point. I know Treshawn's really talented, and I know people really like him. Um, he was, of course, recently on the Ultimate Fighter, and people thought he would have won um, if he hadn't gotten if he hadn't been forced to withdraw from the finale. Though he did end up losing to Brian Battle anyway. Uh, I, I think Kyle's a little bit too much for Treshawn Gore. I don't like that that matchup for Treshawn. Andre Fialio, Andre Fialo versus Nico Price. That's going to happen someday. Uh, Pat Sabatini, Billy Quarantillo. Drakkar Close versus Joel Alvarez. Chris Barnett versus Parker Porter. I like that. I still like the William Knight pick more, but that could be fun. Devin Clark versus Khalil Roundtree. Uh, and uh, Four Corner Sports wants an Otno point for Neil Magny versus Shavkat Rachmanov, which is uh, reportedly going to take place June 25th. Uh, I feel like this is one other people suggested, but uh, so Four Corner Sports NY, you may have to share this point. If not, it's your point, and even if you have to share it, you're the only person I'm mentioning. So, uh, well done on picking that one. Chris Martin, not the lead singer of Coldplay, at Chris G. Martin on Twitter, 
Uh, here are my auto picks. Muhammad versus Edwards Usman loser. Again, that guy's that fight's not even official yet. Luke versus Michael Chiesa. Uh, they just they when when did they last fight? That can't have been that long ago. That was literally a fight, like one fight ago. Come on. Chris Martin, what are we doing? What are you doing? Alright, now now I have to scrutinize this a little bit a little bit closer. Braille versus the Jordan Wright, Marc Andre Berriot loser. Yeah, sure. Vialio versus Lazez. Yes, that would be a super, super fun fight. I would love to see that. Uh, I'm going to skip some of these here. Sabatini versus Julian Arosa. I dig it. Devin Clark versus Nico Negomarianu. Excuse me, guys. I'm going to clear my throat there. Uh, Panny Kianzad versus Carol Hosa. So there you go. Um, going a different direction for Carol there than I picked. Martin Budai versus Justin Taffa. I think Justin Taffa was released. Let me. You're, you're going to hear the clacking of my keys here, guys, as I as I look this up. Pretty sure he is no longer with the UFC. I'm not sure where I got that information from. Well, if I'm wrong, uh, well, Justin, um, I, I owe you an apology. That was that. Uh, a little fake news there, guys. I like to I like to keep you on the show. Oh no, he beat he beat Harry Hunsucker. I apologize. I'm sorry. He beat Harry Hunsucker. Uh, December 2021, and uh, he withdrew from a fight. There you go with Jake Collier. So I'm I'm sorry. I'm remembering him being removed from something, uh, not the UFC roster. Uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. I, Chris sent me a second message. He meant he meant he didn't he he didn't mean to put Luke Chiesa. He said that was intended for Bilal. Give me Luke versus Jeff Neal. Okay, so Chris. Uh, my finger of shame has stopped wagging in your direction. Thank you for uh, clarifying. So you meant Luke and Jeff Neal. I'm in. I'm into that. Uh, at T N O expert or ain't no expert on Twitter. Uh, Muhammad versus Burns. Bueno Silva versus Raquel Pennington. Wow, that'd be a huge step up. Raquel, of course, was victorious last week. Uh, heavyweight Devin Clark versus Shamil Abdurakhimov. Man, these are some tough, some tough matchups for the Saturday's winners. Uh, Penny Kanzad versus Irene Aldana, Drakkar Close versus Drew Dober, uh, Rafa Garcia, I say Rafa, excuse me, Rafa Garcia versus Michael Morales, the prodigy, and uh, Budai versus Parker Porter. Marcus McGahey, a regular on this show, who is dubbed this episode the Remember the Name Marcus McGahey edition. <laughs> He uh he wants some extra recognition because uh, I skipped we skipped quite a few people last week uh, we were in a bit of a rush with last week's show. Uh, Marcus wants Muhammad versus Burns, Boralio versus Cody Brundage, Fialio versus Brian Barberina. God, so many fun fights for Andre Fialio. Breno Silva versus Lena Landsberg. That's kind of an interesting choice because Lena just of course just lost on Saturday to uh, to Penny. Uh, I don't know if you give her someone in the winner's circle, but Breno Silva very new to 135. Certainly possible. Pat uh, Sabatini, excuse me, versus uh, Zubaira Tukugov. And Lazez versus Matt Brown. Marcus writes, it's a cruel sport, but barring uh, Brown versus Court McGee, I'm not sure what to do with Matt Brown. This option does strike me as being slightly more forgiving than the Fialio option. Uh, Devin Clark versus Ed Herman. That's one of those fights you'd feel like has to have happened already, right? Drakkar Close versus Vince Pichel. Uh, I'm just trying to see what other matchups we got here that are worth mentioning. Uh, Alateng versus Bashra, another one for that. So there you go. People talk about it. Uh, and uh, Marcus Gunn, he says he's called for that one already. So after the ba- Basharat uh, made a successful debut. So there you go. She just wants to keep that one going. And Sean Haywood, our last one on Twitter, 
Alateng Haile versus Miles Johns, Sam Hughes versus Diana Belbita, Jordan Levitt versus Jai Herbert, uh, Budai versus Jared Vendera, Rafa Garcia versus Fares Ziam, Drakkar Close versus Hanato Moikano. That's really good. I, I, I want Moikano to fight uh, Marco Madsen. So, uh, so close. That's why close. I didn't pick uh, him and Arnold Madsen. So. Marco Matson, excuse me. So there's some there's some weird synergy there. Kianzad versus Aspen Lad. I love that. I think that's the right way to go. Lazez versus Warley Alves. I'm pretty sure this is the what I was calling someone out for before. That he just lost to Warley Alves. Oh, Sean Haywood, you were doing so well. Um Fialio versus Alex Morano. That again, another banger. Braulio versus Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Uh, Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns, Luke versus Sean Brady. That's a couple for Luke versus Sean Brady. So thank you, Twitter fiends. Uh, you guys are bringing it as always. I'll go to our always civil email people first. We've got a couple here. Just uh, Jay Donaghy, the Poconos picker. Lazez versus Ian Gary. Wow. Guys, sound off my DMs if you think Ian Gary, uh, if uh, Lazez, excuse me, maybe a little too soon for Ian Gary, but they are very high in the young man. Pat Sabatini versus Ryan Hall, of course. Grapple Fest. Fialio versus Jeremiah Wells. Uh, he says, some of the most underrated and exciting welterweights. A true slobber knocker. <laughs> Boralio versus Armin Petrosian. He says it's uh, two, he says that's essentially two light heavyweights fighting at 185. Yeah, they are they are pretty big for the division. And he's going to go with Muhammad's call out. It says, give him Colby Covington. He writes, I guess Burns is a logical choice, but I think Shamayev will fight Usman after Edwards. Burns fights Sean Brady. Uh, and wild card, Levitt versus Patty the Batty Pimblet. Yes, I agree. I think that's about the level where Patty's at. I think Levitt is, uh, I mean, he's a pretty well-rounded fighter, but I think he's a grappler like Patty, so I think that's a good matchup there. Jay, I like what you're thinking. And Casey Carpenter wants to say, great work this week by Mike. He got me to sign up for the Showtime streaming service to watch the Bellator event. Probably hadn't watched Bellator in a couple of years. Enjoyed the show for the most part. Looking forward to Anderson Nemkov rematch. And a McKee stays in Bellator, of course, to do the trilogy. But if not, signs with the UFC and has his first fight against Sadiq Youssef. So this is a little crossover matchmaking uh, for you guys. Casey says, I was wrong about Bilal with that win. Give him uh, Hamzat and then do Luke versus Brady. That's the most popular pick I've seen for Brady on the show, guys, is Vicente Luque. And Gunnar Nelson versus Fialo. Oh, clash of styles. I like it. Uh, and another one for Sabatini versus Billy Q. So some buzz there. And guys, let's close out with Instagram. I know I know, it's uh, it's it's been a bit of a quick second segment of the show, quicker than we usually do. But again, uh, we actually recorded this on a Saturday night. So we probably didn't get, I apologize to anyone who uh, didn't get their picks in in time. I know we, especially we have a lot of people international who like to get it in, you know, in what would be Sunday morning-ish North America time. Uh, but again, I, I appreciate everyone who sends in picks. Uh, you guys are the best, absolutely the best listeners and uh, fans in the world. And I tell you, we will, we will make it up for you in the future. I think Mike and I will be recording a lot more regularly scheduled uh, Ot knows uh, in the near future and as you guys know there's plenty of cards and, and big cards and title fights coming up so first from what a name on Instagram your boy Elroy MMA podcast guys if I guess this is a podcast you might want to check that out first time long time says one matchup I want to see Pat Sabatini versus Shane Burgos okay so thank you your boy Elroy welcome to the party pal Sam, Simon Phoenix who's messaged me before 
with questions when we do the question shows. Uh, this is their first time, though, uh, making matchups. So uh, I have one matchmaking solution, and it's another crossover for AJ McKee. AJ McKee versus Ilya Toporia at 145 pounds in the UFC. I don't know the timeline or the details. I think this would be quite the gauge for the McKee hype train. I don't know if Ilya is booked, like I said, uh, a future timeline with the McKee contract. So, uh, I'm sorry, Simon Phoenix just saying a few uh, questions to be filled in here. But I'd love to hear you guys comment on this. Thanks. Keep up the great work. I I will now be, at the, I'm at the point now where I'll be stunned if AJ McKee is not if not uh, on the UFC roster, is no longer on the Bellator roster by the end of the year. Maybe he wants that trilogy fight. Maybe he can takes some fights with Bellator at 155. But it really feels like, and it has felt like this for some time, some people would have said, even after the, the Pitbull, uh, when the first time he beat Pitbull, if he hadn't been locked into that um, Bellator, you know, Champions Clause, that he would have already, you know, made the move over to the UFC. So it seems inevitable now. Uh, we got eight months left in the year. I do think somewhere in these eight months... He parts ways with Bellator, and the gears will at least be in motion from the sign of the UFC. As for the Teporia matchup, um, it wouldn't be my first choice. Obviously, it's a great fight, so so you can't say no to that. It's just it's just such, it'd be such a fun fight. Uh, but it could be at 155. I, again, Teporia said he wants to go back down. McKee uh, wants to fight at lightweight someday, but hasn't made any commitment to making that move just yet. So 145 is a possibility. Uh, but I would I would keep those guys away from each other for now, especially 145. That I want to see Toporia make it again con- and with some consistency before giving him a, a big fight like uh, AJ McKee. Tristan Gordet, Mike's nemesis. Uh, he initially he told me he initially sent his picks to Mike, and I said, "Well, that's a mistake because Mike's not here." Uh, Luke versus uh, oh sorry, uh, Devin Clark versus Khalil Roundtree. Munir Lazez versus Carlson Harris. I love that pick. That was almost my pick for Lazez, actually. Um, again, just great striking battle. Andre Fialio versus Ian Gary. Oof. Honestly, I don't know how to feel about that. Again, I, I feel like the UFC wants to protect Gary, and I think Fialio might do some serious damage to him. And Tristan's down with the Mark O'Madson call-up for Drakkar Close. Does I like it? I think Close could win that fight. He represents all types of problems for Madsen. Was really impressed with this win tonight. Remember, this is the guy that almost put away Benil. Very true, Tristan. See? See, Tristan, and Mike's not around. No more button heads. No more, no more mic checks. You and I, I think you and I get along. Uh, you know, and I think you and Mike can get along too. We're all we're all friends here. Dad Jackson. Boy, I really should. I definitely got to screen this guy's comments before. He is uh, very active uh, on Instagram and always has the funny comments to send. So I'll, I'll try to keep this PG, assuming he doesn't say anything inappropriate. It says Budai looked great. Sucked to see him. Uh, Sucked to see Barnett take a beating. Give Budai Alexander Gustafsson and maybe Barnett Vandera. Yeah, I could see something like that. Um, <laughs> he says, I knew when this MFR's name was the human highlight reel. Uh, he was going to get smoked. I assume he's talking about... Who is he talking about? Who is the hi- who is the human highlight reel on this card that I... Oh, <laughs> it must have been uh, Brandon Jenkins. Excuse me, guys. I'm not I'm not familiar with Brandon Jenkins' nickname. Uh, yes, he is the human highlight reel. There's only one real highlight in the UFC, guys. His name is uh, Justin Gaethje. So. Uh, on the other hand, that was one of the most exciting knockouts of the night. It got your close-up bonus, so it certainly ended up in a highlight reel somewhere. It takes two to make a highlight. So, uh, Brandon Jenkins, your name is not inaccurate. Close versus Bahamondes. 
Uh, did not expect Devin Clark to knock out a 250-pound William Knight. Give him <laughs> Uzdemir. Uh, I love William Knight. Stay at heavyweight. Fight Olenek. <laughs> oh, jeez. I think Olenek wins that by sub easily. Uh, or drop to 205 and fight Johnny Walker. Uh, Bilal versus Masvidal? I know it's a reach, but I'd rather see Hamza and Colby, to be honest. And I know Sean Bray needs a fight. I want to see him and Gilbert Burns. Luke versus Li Jingliang. There you go. I mean, if you just want an action fight, you could do a lot worse than that. Our pal Micah Conifry, who, of course, runs the Otno and MMA Fighting Memes page, which you better be following if you listen to the show. That's the Otno and MMA Fighting Memes Instagram page. Uh, William Knight. Oh, hold on now. He's got a lot of good picks here. Finally, let's start with Jordan, the Dirty Dancer Levitt. I like him for Chris Kritzmacher. Budai versus Shamil Abdurakimov. Big test for Budai early, but I think it's warranted considering how shallow the division is. Also, a chance for Shamil to save his job. If he blows his fight, then it should be bye-bye time for him. That's a fair point. And I'm going to say it. Drakkar Close might just be the man for Paddy Pimblett. Uh, Michael, listen, I have been number one on the Paddy Pimblett. I think is better than people think he is. But I also think Drakkar Close would straight up destroy him at this point in their careers. So um, I kind of like the pick, but I also kind of don't. Uh, William Knight versus Huggy Bear, just for the aesthetics. Two redwood stumps. That's a fine compliment. Another tough break for Baeza. Uh, he should take a step back and fight Blood Diamond. Uh, as for Fialio, I think Kevin Holland makes sense for both of them. Sorry for being cliche. Yeah, I mean, it's not cliche. It's just, you know how to, we are with Kevin Holland. We don't know whether if he's going to stick around at welterweight, take a short notice middleweight fight. So I, I still kind of have him on a soft ban list. Uh, he also wants to see Luke versus Masvidal, which you all want to see. And uh, again, Masvidal, if you're out there, do this one for the fans. Let's make it happen. <laughs> and oh, Michael, with a cheeky joke. You know, like he says, I can't recall the guy, the other guy who won the fight, so I won't match make for him. He, 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 he can't remember his name. You know, he says, yes, he can't remember his name. It's all right, Michael. It happens to the best of us. Matt Bradbury, and let's close with Matt Bradbury and MMA heads, guys. I, I'm going to just do as, read as many of these as I can. These guys always send in a load of amazing picks. Matt Bradbury says uh, that Corey is the best light heavyweight in the planet. The rematch should happen next. I was incredibly impressed. They managed to break ne Nemkov within three rounds. Uh, I, I think a lot of people would agree that uh, Corey Anderson was cruising to a win there. Is he the best light heavyweight in the planet? I don't know. But I can tell you, I know people in the media, maybe even people in MMA fighting, who were half-jokingly saying they might put him at number one at 205 pounds. This is a conversation that's happening. Uh, McKee versus Pitbull 3. Oh, no, excuse me. Agent McKee versus Patricky Pitbull. And Sergio Pettis versus Patricio Pitbull with with Patricio dropping down to 135. Ooh, I do like that. And a lot of people have said that Patricio Pitbull should fight at 135 before his career is through. So that's a great fight. Pico versus Adam Bortz 2. Adil Edwards versus Cody Law. Linton Vassell versus Valentin Moldovsky 2. Tim Johnson versus Steve Maury. Boy, this is a lot of Bellator stuff. Uh, Alatang Ali versus Mario Bautista. Sam Hughes versus Elise Reed. Jordan Levitt versus Luigi Vendramini. Martin Budai versus Juan Espino. That could be super ugly. Uh, Rafa Garcia versus Ignacio Bahamondes. Dragar Close versus Scott Holtzman. Penny Kianzad, Carl Hosa. Devin Clark, Michael Oleksaychuk. Munir Lazez versus Jake Matthews. Really picked for everybody here. There's even loser picks, guys, which I've been skipping. Myra Brunosilva versus Josia Nunez. Andre Fialio versus Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos. Excuse me. Kyle Baraglio versus Jamie Pickett. There, there you go. There's some sensible calm matchmaking. Even I jumped the gun a little bit, I think. And uh, just do Bilal versus Colby and Vicente Luque versus Sean Brady. Sean Brady, 
if you're out there, maybe call this fight out because a lot of people seem to want to see you fight Vicente Luque. The downside is you have to end up fighting Vicente Luque, and I don't know any rational human who would really want to do that. And uh, MMA heads now here last. Muhammad versus ba Burns. Baralio versus Wright uh, Barrio winner. That was mentioned earlier. Baralio versus Nico Price. Bueno Silva versus winner of Gina Mazzani and Shauna Young. Sabatini versus winner of uh, Filo. Uh, Filo, excuse me. Andre Feely and uh, Max Brito. Max Brito? I think I'm getting that name right. Manuel Lizaz versus Alessio Santos. Clark versus uh, Devin Clark versus uh, Oleg uh, Sechuk. Penikanzad versus Aspen Lad, Close versus Pachel, Garcia versus winner of Morales versus Medich. Oh, so I guess Morales is already. Sorry, guys, I'm clicking, clicking and clacking again. So I uh, look up. Yoris Medich is fighting. Oh, I'm sorry. Omar Morales. I'm sorry. I was getting confused with the other one. Uh, Michael Morales. Uh, Levitt versus winner of Camacho versus Torres. Hughes versus loser of DePaula versus Oliveira. And Alateng Haile versus the loser of Ronnie Lawrence and Saeed Jakub Chakramanov. So, uh, thank you, MMA heads. Guys, that's pretty simple, right? Wish Mike was around. Wish Jed could have stuck around. But you got me, and we got you. And uh, we got you every week, always, guys. Send in your picks to me uh, on Instagram, at Alexander KK Lee. On Twitter, at Alexander K. Lee, just the 1K. Uh, or email alex.lee at sbnation.com. Uh, guys, my DMs are open, and you can hit up Mike. I think he's still taking Instagram DMs. You can take him, hit his Instagram at m underscore heckjr. So that's our show for this week. Thank you, everyone, again for dealing with the sort of unorthodox structure we've had uh, this week, last week. We'll, we'll be back to regular stuff soon. Hopefully starting next week with UFC... Fight Night, Lemos versus Jessica Andrade, I believe, according to Wikipedia. It's UFC Fight Night 205, uh, and I guess we'll call it UFC Vegas 52. That'll probably be the hashtag you guys will see around. Here is the tentative lineup that I am seeing for this show. Again, this is according to Wikipedia. Though I'm going to bring up the topology just in case because this tends to be, this tends to be accurate. So we have Amanda Lemos and Jessica Andrade in the strawweight main event. Uh, Jessica Andrade going back down there. Former strawweight champion. Clay Guida versus Claudio Pueyes. That's a fun matchup in what is the... Uh, I'll call it a co-main. I think that's fair. You've got a name like Clay Guida in there. Deserves it. Uh, Tanner, Boser, Tanner Boser versus Alexander Romanov. Macy Barber versus Montana De La Rosa. Sue Modierji versus Manel Cobb. That is a sick flyweight fight. And, oh, another sick flyweight fight. Charles Jodin versus Lando Venata. I saw some people... I wasn't people kind of poo-pooing this card. This card looks really good on paper, at least the main card. On the prelims, we've got Louis Koski versus Preston Parsons. Jordan Wright versus Marc-Andre Barriot. Looks like that's a catchweight bout. Dwight Grant versus Sergey Kondosko. Tyson Pedro. Tyson Pedro coming back. Uh, fighting Ike Villanueva. Iori Kilang versus Cameron Else. Martin Pracnial versus Philippe Linz. And Dean Barry versus Mike Jackson. Is this fight finally going to happen? Uh, this has been booked two times already. And uh, Mike Jackson, of course, has not fought in MMA anyway since his fight with CM Punk at UFC 225 back in uh, June of 2018. A fight that he won by unanimous decision was later overturned to a no contest. Uh, I honestly don't remember why. Why was this? 
why was this fight turned over to no, no contest? Was it was it because was he smoking the wacky tobacco here? Uh, <laughs> what the hell happened here? Yeah, yeah. See, guys, don't don't smoke the weeds. I tell you guys, I tell you guys in the show, don't be smoking the weeds. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, whatever people, whatever you need to do to get through this crazy life of ours. To get through this wacky world of MMA, uh, you do you. It's not hurting anybody. But uh, yes, that will be a next week's card. Again, well, everything will be back. Stay tuned this week for previews and BTL and other stuff. I I, uh, I just recently came back from a little a little time off for personal reasons, and I'm excited, guys, to jump back into MMA fighting coverage and programming. Uh, but that is it for this week. Please remember, more importantly than anything, MMA is supposed to be fun. And Mike will be back, and we'll see you next week on On to the Next One, The Podcast. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.